MSW Media. And now it's time for Drinking with Yoda. Hey, Yoda. Will you pass me that screwball peanut butter flavored whiskey? I'd like to try it. No. Try not. Do. Or do not. There is no try. Okay, fine. Can you pass me the bottle? I'd like to do a shot of it. You are reckless. I am not reckless. I'm just looking for a little adventure. A little excitement. Hmm. Adventure. (laughs) Excitement. (laughs) Jedi craves not these things. Jedi? What are you talking about, man? I'm just a guy who hosts a booze podcast. Now come on, pass me that bottle. The boy has no patience. He will learn patience. Who the hell are you talking to? Much anger in him. Like his father. Look, Yoda, this is getting way too heavy. All I'm asking for is that you pass me that bottle of screwball peanut butter flavored whiskey so I can pour some in a glass and try some. Uh, Excuse me, I mean do some. He finish what he begins. Of course I'll finish it. I mean, yeah, peanut butter whiskey sounds pretty awful, but hell, I'll try anything once. I'm not afraid. You will be. You will be. We'll pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm excited to be here. I hope you are as well. Got a big one coming up. Uh, Joe Beatrice will be joining us. He is the founder, CEO of Barrel Craft Spirits, one of the most awarded spirits companies in these United States. And Joe is a uh, going to talk to us about blending whiskey, all things whiskey, really. And uh, I'm pumped to have him on the show. As always, I remind you to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the Imbiber podcast has an Instagram as well at WWD underscore podcast. Remind you that I will be emceeing the Whiskey X in Las Vegas, Nevada at the Cosmopolitan on October 23rd. That's a Saturday. There's going to be whiskey, obviously, and music uh, courtesy of Fitz and the Tantrums. St. Paul and the Broken Bones. As I said, I'm the MC. We're also going to be recording an episode of the Adam Carolla show there at the Cosmopolitan. For tickets, go to thewhiskeyx.com. Love to see you there. I really would. On the previous episode, we introduced a new feature called Outside the Zone. Our good friend Scott Alexander joined. We, we, I get pitched a lot, email pitches, and some of them are frankly a little bit perplexing. And so we... We took an email pitch that was weird and we broke it down. And wouldn't you know it, more keep coming. I don't have Scott with me, but I'd like to focus on one particular email I got this week. I want you to throw the next one at the mascot. Why? I'm finally throwing it where I want to throw it. Just throw it at the ball, right? Just a bit outside. 
the pitch began dry January is just around the corner. I'm sure you know dry January is a thing that's become fashionable in the last few years where people stop drinking for the entire month of January. Let's go to the first point made in this email that dry January is just around the corner. It's the beginning of October. January is almost three months away. It's not just around the corner. All right. Secondly, kind of know your audience, right? You're, my career is built upon the celebration of drinking adult beverages. Not drinking adult beverages is counterintuitive to what I'm doing, what this show is about, certainly. So I don't want to promote dry January, frankly. The pitch goes on kind of in a, a ridiculous sort of segue is how to prepare for dry January is to drink what they're calling non-alcoholic spirits. Yeah, that's right. Booze that has no booze in it. The idea is that I'm going to ease in. I'm so excited for dry. I can't stop thinking about fucking dry January, but I got to get ready. And how to do that is to drink, but drink spirits. And I'm putting those in quotation marks that don't, that doesn't have any alcohol in it. It's a ridiculous thing. And again, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you there's, I don't, think not i don't think taking time off drinking is ridiculous frankly i you know i i know the feeling we've all been there where you you know maybe you're overdoing it or maybe you just need to hit the reset button give your body a chance to sort of regenerate i'm all about that but there's proper way to prepare and there's a ridiculous way to prepare i happen to know the proper way to prepare because i have done this before and i'm going to share these preparations with you because I care, folks. This is my, I want you to get out a pen and paper, take some notes here. This is how to prepare for a month on the wagon. First off, point number one, you have to provide just cause. And I mean, nothing helps kickstart a serious commitment to teetotalism. That's not drinking. That's what that means. Uh, like a blowout booze bender. You know, the kind that just leaves you feeling though you spent 14 hours getting skull fucked by a horse, a giant horny horse that learned to screw from watching rabbits. Yes, that kind of a hangover. It's the kind of bender that when you wake up next to the toilet, you discover your tongue's been replaced by a giant furry cat, your eyes have been coated with gypsum plaster, and you've somehow acquired a second heartbeat inside your skull. You know what I'm talking about. You have vomited profusely all night long and are sure to vomit again just as soon as you try to ingest any food or fluids or hear noise or breathe. That bad. On the off chance your wallet happens to still be in your possession, it will be light, at least a credit card or two, left behind at wherever the hell you continued partying after you blacked out. Now, when you feel this bad, folks, the thought of leading an alcohol-free life is the single most comforting thought you've ever had. If only wicked hangovers lasted forever, maintaining sobriety would be a breeze. But they don't. Which is why... It's important that we go to point number two, talk it through. That's right. Separation anxiety can be a real bitch. So before going cold turkey, you need to remind yourself everything is going to be okay. It is. You can make it through this. It's not permanent. You may also want to reassure your favorite booze that it's not over forever either. Let Johnny Walker know that it's you, not him. Tell him that in the long run... A little time away from each other could turn out to be the best thing that's ever happened in your relationship. If he continues to press you as to why you're doing this, you can cite the fact that you're currently engaged in an emotional conversation with a bottle of scotch. 
This is as sure a sign you need a break as anything I can think of. And if Johnny Walker can't sympathize with that, well, he's not right for you anyway. Point number three, you've got to hide your love away. Hey, you've got to, or not. To limit temptation, you may want to remove any and all alcohol from your home. Store it in a garage or some other storage space. I don't know. This is easy enough for most folks. Less said folks happen to be professional wine and spirits podcasters who receive upwards of 20 alcohol-laden review samples per week. Like I remember last time I, 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 I did the 30 days, it, it took the better part of my first day of sobriety to move barely half my liquor to its temporary digs in my neighbor's shed. And UPS arrived with a whole new shipment of bottles. I realized that it was bailing water. It was futile. Size of this leak. My back was killing me. And it dawned on me that hiding the booze that I planned to eventually come back to was akin to the dubious strategy AA folks have dubbed pulling a geographic. It's when a drunk decides it's not him, rather his surroundings that are causing his drunkenness. All he needs to do in order to get straight is relocate to a new place, find a new job, get some new friends. Guess what? Never works. Like I said, all that free booze I get is really, really heavy. Number four, this is an important one, especially in this day and age of social media. You're going to be tempted to tell everybody what you're doing, right? But don't, 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 don't. Keep it to yourself. Telling your friends you decided not to drink for any extended period of time is a bad idea because no matter what the reaction is, it's likely going to suck. You know, you tell a friend you decided to lay off the sauce and he responds with something along the lines of, oh yeah, man, that's, that's the smartest decision you've made in a long time. You're not going to feel very smart. Plus, you'll realize your friend thinks you're a raging alcoholic. On the other hand, if your friend, faced with this prospect of losing a boozing buddy, responds badly and tells you it's the dumbest thing he's ever heard, rest assured that the rest of the time that you're trying not to drink, he's going to dangle drinking opportunities in front of you like they were bare titties and you're a stack of dollar bills. All right? You get it? Another possible scenario is that you and your friend decide to join the temperance experiment together. You do it together. You're going to not drink together. That eventually lead to both of you discovering that to avoid the social lubricant that is alcohol, you really don't have much in common. And friendship's over. And number five, the final point here. If you're going to quit drinking for a month, don't punt on first down. By that is what I mean. One of the biggest, if not the biggest challenges you're going to face and going on the wagon is doing things for the first time in the past always involved alcohol consumption. Things like going on a date, watching a sporting event, taking a vacation, having sex, spending time with your kids, summoning the will to get out of the bed in the morning, you know, all that stuff, right? That first time you go it alone is when it really hits you just how much you've come to rely on booze to feel whole and how, in many ways, booze has become the dominant figure, the driving force, if you will, in the relationship. A panicky feeling, not all unlike what I imagine poor Andrew Ridgely must have experienced the day George Michael told him he was going solo. Thing is, no matter how uncertain, even terrified that you feel first time you do anything without booze, you have to remind yourself of something. While it's unlikely he will ever again achieve the level of fame and fortune he did with Wham during their Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go heyday, or in all likelihood, even get recognized by anyone on the street, including George Michael if he were still alive. Andrew Ridgely is still standing. He even managed to hook up with the hottest chick from Bananarama, who he's been with for 25 years. And as of this recording, he's never been arrested for blowing a stranger in a public lavatory. And that's something, isn't it? 
Please tell me that's something. Folks, as I said, we've got Joe Beatrice coming up in just a couple of minutes, and Joe does whiskey, but you know, everybody doesn't love whiskey. Maybe you love rum. And if you do, I gotta tell you about my friends at Batiste Rum, the first sustainable American craft rum. Yes! Batiste Rum is the only known beverage in the world to have climate-positive natural production process without the purchase of carbon offsets. I don't know what that means. I don't know. But I, I know it's incredible for the environment, and that's all that matters. Batiste Rum is made from 100% pure fresh cane juice, unlike molasses or sugar crystals. If you dig your tequila 100% agave, then you're going to double dig your rum 100% cane juice. Again, this is an outstanding, versatile rum with great taste and legit sustainability. And right now, Batiste Rum has a special offer for my listeners. That's you. 15% off all orders. That's some savings. If you were to spend $100, you would save $15, which means you only spent $85, not $100. Crazy. Try wrapping your head around that. All right, to get this deal, all you got to do is visit BatisteRum.com. That's B-A-T-I-S-T-E-R-H-U-M.com. Fill up that shopping cart with a bunch of delicious Batiste, and then enter code WWD15 at checkout. Batiste Rum is awesome, my friends. Proof that great taste with true sustainability is not a goal for tomorrow, but a reality today. It's that time of year again, New Year's. It's that time of year where we make those resolutions about dropping weight, answering our mom's calls, staying in touch with friends. It always feels like the perfect time to refocus on what we want in life, but it's easy to get stuck looking back on all of the resolutions we didn't keep last year. This year, there's one resolution I am definitely keeping, and that's making my mental health a priority. Make it part of your daily routine with Talkspace. Talkspace personally matches you with a licensed therapist you could connect with right from your phone or computer. I've been in therapy for years, but it's always been so challenging to find the right person. I've bounced around to different therapists and it's always, does this one take my insurance? Is this one close to my house? With Talkspace, you can do it from the comfort of your own home. Listen, everyone could use someone to talk to. I personally deal with some anxiety and my problem at night is those racing thoughts that I can't turn off. I'm up all hours of the night thinking about everything that everyone ever said to me and how am I going to get through this? My therapist at Talkspace taught me some really awesome breathing techniques that help me calm my mind, calm my body, and give me a more restful sleep. Connecting with a licensed therapist on Talkspace can help you feel better and it's secure. No one's going to hear what you say and that's the best part. Let all that talk fly. Unlike traditional therapy, Talkspace fits your schedule, not the other way around. Talkspace treats your privacy and security as their top priority. You get access to private virtual room with just you and your therapist. You can send your therapist messages 24-7 and get replies throughout the day. No need to wait for that weekly appointment. You owe it to yourself to make mental health a priority this year. And Talkspace makes it easy to keep. Visit Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month when you use promo code STARBURNS at sign up. That's S-T-A-R-B-U-R-N-S. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code STARBURNS. Joining me now, great friend of the show, 
frequent guest, great purveyor of whiskey. In fact, the whiskeys that he puts out are some of the most award-winning whiskeys in the world. Barrel Craft Spirits, Joe Beatrice. Joe, how are you? Great, Dan. How are you doing? Always good to have you on, man. I, I, I was thinking about if we've ever really done a deep dive into the story and just how impressive it is. Barrel Craft Spirits was launched not even a decade ago, in 2012. So nine years ago, unusual in that you are following more of the Scotch, uh, Scotland model where you're blending. You're actually buying your liquid from a host of producers, a host of distilleries, and then you blend, you and your team blend, and you put them out, and I don't know of any other brand, I can't think of any other brand that has had the kind of critical success. And obviously the commercial success has also followed, but the critical success, and frankly, just the the, the success in that you're, you're nailing, forget about what... Not the Fred Minnicks and the Brad Jaffe's and the Mees of the world are saying people love what you're doing because it's so good and in such a short time. So can you talk a little bit about like how you went from being you were like an ad guy, right? In in New York City. You go to Kentucky, you're you're figuring it out on the fly, and then what happens? I first of all, I'm not gonna be able to get out of the room because my head's too big now, but um <laughs> you, deserve thank it, you, man. Man. you really deserve it. Yeah, it's um, this is it's uh, it's it's been an I you know I think about that it's been nine years and it's like it went by like that. It is incredible. It's been, it's really been fun. It's been great and um, yeah, we've had we've had a lot of success and people like our products and yeah, we we're just um, we're really grateful to everybody and then uh, we're hitting that chord with people. They like it um, and you know at the heart of what we do is. It's it's really driven entirely. Everything we do is driven by the flavor. Um, it has to taste good, um, and we we just have a lot of fun making unique expressions of each of these things. I have a, a blending team is three of us now that do it, and that be you and Trip Trip Stinson and, and uh, Nick Christensen, right? That's correct, Nick Christensen. Yep. And that's, and that's and good. so everybody understands now what they're doing is you're you're sourcing, you're finding barrels not just in the, these United States but all over the world. And then you bring them and then how, how the hell you do it? Like, how do you, how are you, you've gotten whiskeys from Poland and from Canada and from, and in fact, Poland was in, what was it? That batch 21 that you did was a big winner. Was that the, the big award winner, double gold or at San Francisco? That was, but that was not, that's, that was a Polish rye. We, that's not in the bourbon, but we did, we did do a lot with that, with the Polish rye. So how, yeah. explain to people, how are you able to, determine what's going to go in the blend. Do you, do you get the whiskeys first and then go, all right, what do we do with this? Or does somebody, do you or Trip or Nick say, you know what we really need? You know that little yeah. distillery up in uh, in Ontario that we worked with before? We need to get a barrel from there because I think that's exactly what this blend needs. It's it's all, it's, it is a it is a barrel in the, in the egg thing. Um, so we have a lot of projects going on at any given time. And we have a fairly large, uh, inventory of barrels that we keep in various places around the United States. Most of them are within a couple hundred miles of where we are. They're just, we, we store them in different places and our facility is, is a processing facility. And so we start with, um, we do periodic uh, meetings where we're, 
um, where we are, do blue sky ideas. We think about what we want. Um, we'll, we'll sketch out an idea for a concept for what we're looking for. And then we think about what we have. We have lots of, we have hundreds and hundreds of samples. Then we just start blending. So for example, if we were doing a batch of bourbon, we would, we would uh, think about what we've done in the past several batches and see what can we do that's a little bit different, what do we want to emphasize. And, and so we start with intent. What do we want? What do we want to blend? So then we start putting together different, different samples of the different barrels. I mean, the, and that's a pretty, that's a complicated project where we, we taste different things. We, we have a fairly good sense. We have a good sense of how different mash bills and different ages will combine. And so we start experimenting and we could do, you know, 50, 100 different combinations in the lab of figuring out which ones, how we like to put the blend together. So I hope I'm answering your question, but, but so it's a lot of, it's a lot of just trial and we do we, the nuance of, of how we are parsing the, the samples are, I mean, it's, we do it in increments of a couple percentage points of different product of different barrels. So then we, we just, we keep going till we get what we like. And that's our theoretical blend. That's our lab blend. And so after that, we want to then we either either have the barrels in Louisville or we bring them in and then we start dumping those barrels. So if it's a five or six thousand gallon batch that we're doing, we start dumping 50 percent of the total barrels and we step into our way up till we get to the blend where we, where we want it to be. Well, let me let, for instance, take your barrel dovetail. Hmm? which is one of the more interesting ones. Would, would you say that would be sort of your signature bottle? The, the We have, um, we call that an evergreen. We have dovetail and seagrass. Those are evergreens, Armida. Um, so those are ongoing products that we will, we blend, we'll blend. I can't even, don't even know how many we've done so far, maybe 10 or 12 um, different, maybe more of those uh, of dovetail. And what's what's common to dovetail is, is that we use three different finishes. So there's a bourbon and whiskey in there, and they're 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 finished in different casks. Uh, some of the Dunn Vineyards Cabernet barrels, so they send us their fresh dump barrels when they you know they that, you know that's why I love it because Dunn Vineyards is in there. I just wish <laughs> well, I, I, you, I, I wish I had a well, piece well, of Dunn Vineyards. I don't. I thought you owned it. <laughs> wish. Isn't it Randy? Randy Dunn? Isn't that a guy? You own? Yeah, I think it is Randy right, Dunn. Yeah, right. And uh, and and they're and so they're just they've been great partners on this thing, and it's so spectacular. Those are really. But beautiful. you got you're, you're doing again rum port and and the and the Dunn Vineyard Cabernet barrels. Right. So. This whiskey was so complicated that the the TTB couldn't even figure out how to categorize it. Right? Talk a little bit about that. It's not what happened there. It's a complicated uh, this, and the story has even gotten more interesting. When we first put the blend together, so you're right. It's the Dunn Vineyards Cabernet barrels. There's the some this rum, and then there's also um, late vintage port pipes. Um, we were originally going to release it is our next in the series of whiskeys. So we're like in the batch bourbons, we were doing whiskeys one, and this was going to be whiskey five. And they, they rejected it because there was a finish on it. So it was no, they, they categorize it as a distilled spirit specialty, which is not a whiskey. We argued that we argued that we finally gave in. We had to submit a formula, which is the formula is, is pretty funny. It's we take uh, whiskey or bourbon. We put it in these barrels. We finish it. When we feel it's right, we take it out. We proportion it based on the flavor when we're done, we put it in a bottle. That's that's the secret recipe. That's the secret formula that we have with the TTB. Okay. <laughs> and so and so then that that comes with certain labeling restrictions. So we can't. Um, it, it's called it's called barrel dovetail, and it's a whiskey finished in. 
Um, any, in any event, so we had to classify it as such at that point. Later on, and now with Armida and Seagrass, similar process. They're different. There are three barrel finishes. This is a rye. The other one's a bourbon. Yeah. The sea, so the seagrass is finished in uh, Martinique rum cask, Madeira cask, and and brandy barrels, right? Apricot brandy. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Very, and, wow you. I, mean, I love. I love. I love the seagrass. And uh, and by the way, this is a good p- chance to pivot there. You're also doing something really cool with seagrass, which is your collaborating with the ocean foundation, right? And tell, yes. a, 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 tell, talk a little bit about what you're doing there to help out with the ocean. Well, the seagrass was inspired by, I love the ocean. I grew up, I grew up in Massachusetts and, you know, the beach was a big part of you know, my childhood and, and still, I mean, we still, I mean, and now I live in landlocked Kentucky. So the beach is a little far away. And so this is one of the products that, um, that the name, came to me prior to actually blending the product. And it was like, I love the word seagrass. And it, 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 it's, it's evocative so, of so many great images and smells and feelings. And, and I knew we wanted to do a rye because it just, it just made sense for it to be a rye. Um, anyway, so we blended the product, did it. And, um, and so we are, we are working with uh, the Ocean Foundation and their mission is to regenerate seagrass in the ocean. So we're there is a series of bottles that we have released. Um, that uh, portion of all the sales of those bottles are going to those guys to help to help with that. And it's been it's really fulfilling. It's really great to do that, and we're we're trying to do as much as we can to get back. Um, and by the way, from the drinking aspect, seagrass is kind of my go-to, especially if I'm making a an old-fashioned. That whiskey to me is is very special. It's got. <sighs> You know, you can get a little bit of that spice from the rye, but what I just really love about seagrass is the fruitiness of it. You're getting pear in there and, and grapefruit, and it's all very front and center, but not where it overpowers it. I mean, it, it you you certainly know that you're drinking a rye, but a lot of I get a lot of tropical feel yeah. too with yeah. the seagrass, and and I just love, 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 love. That in an old fashioned, I I, I do it with uh, Dale DeGroff's pimento bitters. I love in a little bit of sugar too. And man, it's it's that's a drink. That, that is a drink, and that's a great. Or and and of course you can you can drink the seagrass on its own. I like to put a little bit of water in there. And man, I love it. Now I know I'm jumping all over the place. I want to go back to what I was talking about the TTB. This is a question I have, Joe, and you would know the answer. Does the TTB is it in any way affected? by changing administrations. In other words, is the TTB under the Trump administration different than it was under the Obama administration? Is it different under the Biden? Or does that not matter? Is this a government agency that just kind of operates on its own? It, it really is a government agency that operates on its own. And the ch- change that happened when we were doing these products where they changed it back from a, a DSS to a regular whiskey came out of, it wasn't an administration issue, came out of the Labeling Modernization Act, um, which which whose mission was to simplify and make more make labels more clear. I, I, I you know I think um, it's it's hard to know. Um, I think it did help in some categories. Uh, it, it was fine for us because it just it just put it back into the into the whiskey category, which is what it is. So there's no these products we blend are they're just whiskey. There's no additives, no flavor. So everything you're getting 
comes from the pro- from the production of it and the maturation, you know, different yeast strains, different mash bills, all of those things work together combined with the finishes that we put in it. And so that your point, I love your point because um, we think the highest good is that you not really taste the finish in anything that we do. You should be able to taste certain characteristics of it. We want to bring it up to that threshold and we want you to be able to, to have different nuanced uh, a nuanced experience. So you get different things out of it. And when you combine it with other things, you get even more. So it's, it's really what we attempt. It's, it's what we attempt to do in everything that we produce. And I guess it works. Okay. I would say this about barrel as opposed to look, everybody's doing different finishes, different expressions now. So, you know, my friends at rabbit hole or Michter's or, and your friends as well. And you're, everybody's playing around and having a great time and doing this. I personally find that barrel offers the most variance between the expressions. And I mean that in the best way. So you mentioned Armida. Uh, I don't remember exactly what the other, uh, there's three casts on that as well, but I, it, you, but you also finished that in a Morrow casks as well, right? Cecilia Morrow. And yep. I, you, you, you get that it's in there and there aren't, I don't, does anybody else do that with, with it, with a whiskey? I mean, you get it, you get it. And, and, that's what I love about what you're doing, and I think that's why you're winning, why Barrel's constantly winning the best of the best awards, is that you and your team manage to craft whiskeys that stand out in what, frankly, now, I, I'm i in this business, and I find myself getting overwhelmed. Like, how many more fucking expressions can there be? And I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm saying, like, that's awesome that there's so much choice for the consumer, but it it gets a little bit overwhelming. Like I can't, people ask me and I can't remember what I like. They're like, yeah. <laughs> they say, I was just in a taste. Oh, what, so what are some of your favorite, you know, cool expressions of whiskey? And I can't right. remember because there's too many, but I, but you guys stand out because it's different and, but yet so consistent. And I think that's what you're looking for as a consumer, right? You're, you're looking, you, you don't want to be surprised where you go, what the hell was that? Like, ugh. I'm sure there's a lot of failures that we never see, right? But you seem to have a that gift that you know that my like my late friend Dave Pickerel had, for instance, or the Russells have Jimmy and Eddie and those guys, where they're they just know, they just go, "Yep, that's it." You know, Dave Stewart, uh, David Stewart over in Scotland, uh, Jim Rutledge, people like that, where they just they can they can taste it. And they know it's, they know it's right. Well, first of all, that's a, that's a pretty amazing group of names, but um, um, yeah, I think that what, the way it works for us is that it has to be unanimous. I obviously have the final say on something, but we're never out of sync. Usually we're blending because we refined it so many times that we're at the point, we're at the point where we're, where we're saying yes on something where it's green light, green lighted, that it is that we've already been through lots of other iterations and if something isn't working or something isn't right, we don't do it or we or we'll come back to it later and, and sort the problem out differently. But but it's the, the promise that we make is that while you somebody may prefer one over another, the promise is that it's all going to be at a quality level. So you're not going to be you're not going to walk away going, oh, I wish I hadn't spent that much money on that bottle. At least that's our intent, um, because because I, I I'm a consumer, too, and I, there's nothing worse to me than buying something that um, that is just really disappointing. And 
You know, you have, I always feel like I have one chance to connect with a customer and that's in the, if you blow it, you don't get that customer back. So we're very conscious of what we put in the model. Folks, you ready for some tough love? You ready to hear a hard truth? Okay, good. Cause I'm going to lay it on you. You can buy the finest, fanciest, most expensive spirits in the world to make craft cocktails at home. But if you use crap mixers, you're going to get crap drinks. Let's face it. Whipping up cocktails at home can be an expensive hassle. That's why my fridge is always well stocked with Fresh Victor. Fresh Victor is a line of all natural, clean label cocktail mixers that brings the magic of Master Mixologist into your home. All the ingredients are fair trade sourced. There's no artificial anything. The mixers are produced at a 100% solar powered juicing plant with absolutely no waste. Fresh Victor features seven unique blends with contemporary flavors designed to suit any palate. There's delicious combos like pineapple and ginger root, which I love with little vodka, cactus pear and pineapple, which I love with little vodka, and cucumber. Lime, I put rum in that one. And right now, right now, Fresh Victor is offering a funky fresh deal to my listeners. Simply go to freshvictor.com, fill up your shopping cart with some great mixers, and at checkout, enter promo code WWD20. That's what we're drinking, WWD20, to get 20% off your order. So if you order $50 worth of mixers, it'll only cost you $40. Yeah. You're welcome. Go to freshvictor.com, fill up your shopping cart, and at checkout, enter promo code WWD20 to get 20% off your order. That's fresh. Last night I had the, I was very excited. I, had, I got a box showed up yesterday and I got to try, I think this is hot off the still here, right? You've got the gray label that just came out. Let's talk about this. I, I tried it and wow. Boy, it's a it's a fifteen year old fifteen year old bourbon, it, Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, a hundred proof, and uh, what a whiskey! Where to begin? I, I made a couple. I jotted down a couple of notes. I got a little bit. There's like a minty thing in there. There's some oak spice in there. There's it's got a great balance between sweet and spice. Some even some tropical like like got some grape flavor in there. A little strawberry in there. Am I am I getting it right? Man. <laughs> yeah, all, all, you're getting you're getting all of those. I mean, it it is, you know, this to me is, it's a high expression of what we really like, what we really go for. Um, it is it is packed with layers of different flavor, and you know, we I talk I think a lot about the experiences. Is I wanted to start with visually, what does it look like in the glass? Yeah. Um, you know, does it is it satisfying? Is it fulfilling? Then does the nose work? Because to me, the nose is. And those is such a large part of what we do. And then, then I want you to experience something in the beginning when it touched, when it, you first taste it in the middle of your palate, in the back and the finish. To me, the highest good is when we hit all those points and there's something there for everybody. So all of those flavors are there in different places. You're, you're absolutely right. And these barrels, these are barrels that we had put aside and, um, and, you know, we, we identified them as barrels that were just a little bit different, a little bit better, a little bit, a little bit, something something really about them spoke to us. So we, we set them aside and then we come back to them. The other thing that I found interesting, fascinating about these barrels is, the, is this is 100 100.4. It's, it's a low proof cast strength, but there were barrels in this set that were mid high 80s and okay. some that were 100, 110. But there, this is the one of the things that, that it's, it's hard to get your head around sometimes, but there are low proof barrels. You know, those are the barrels that are generally in the lower part of the brick house. 
that will lose more alcohol than water. And, and it's, it's, it's amazing to me when, when, when you see that. And so th- we were able to really to, to play with that. This is really the first, I think this may be even the lowest proof product we've ever done. Um, and it just was, it happened. We don't even look at the proof until we're, we're until we're in the final stages of it. And it was curious to see that's where it came out, but we didn't know that there were low proof barrels in there. One of the questions people always ask is, cause I talk a lot about how, you get these bottles, but then you can't get them unless you're buying them on the secondary market. How do people get th- th- this? Like, how many bottles did you put out, first of all? There's, there's, there's at least 12,000 bottles of this. 12,000 bottles. So how much of that it's gets- Probably more than that. Yeah. In terms of allocating that, does it, how does it work? Do you get, is there people that have, can they buy it directly from you? Can they buy it? You know, how much of it goes to retail? How much of it goes to uh, on-premise into bars and whatnot? The vast majority goes to retail. Essentially, uh, um, we take the entire uh, amount of bottles, cases that we have, we divide it up across the country and we give it proportionately to the size of the bourbon market that we saw in, the, in that state. And we, we send it to them and they sell it into their key accounts. Um, I think there's a limited amount of this online as well. Um, you know, I, it is, I am very sensitive to that. We, I want to make sure that anybody that wants to get our products can. So we don't, there's no, nobody gets, nobody gets this real favor where they get all the product and they dole it out and they sit on it. It, it goes out to as many places as we possibly can. What about this idea? Now there's obviously variances, differences from, from year to year. Do you ever have expressions that you've done that are so damn popular, so damn good that you're like, we need to recreate that expression exactly as it existed before? Yeah. um, I mean, I get it that your dovetail in seagrass is going to be fairly consistent in it. But in terms of what was it? Was it 21 was the one that was one of your biggest ones in terms of winning everything and do you ever think we're going to recreate that someday? Exactly the same flavor profile. Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about it. Uh, you know, at this point, we might uh, we might reserve a, you know a, a small amount of it and do another bottling later. But for the most part, um, you know, it's we're on to something new and different. We, we you know we're we want to see if we can beat that. We want to see if we can make something even better. Um, you know, the closest we came to that was um, batch seven. That was a that that particular batch won won a number of awards. Um, I, you know, I, it escapes me which ones it won, but but and we were we were really surprised, and it, and it was it so it was a normal size batch, and we said we got to get let's get back and and blend some more of this and get it out there. Well, we went back a few months later, and the barrels were changing so much um, that when we started blending it, it was like it's not the same. So rather than call it seven and try to pretend that it was the same. We called it seven B. <laughs> okay. Got it. So it's kind of, it's like seven, but we, but that was a case where, where there were fewer uh, types and ages of product in there. So, um, so now we have a lot more flexibility because we, we, we have so much more to, to pick from that, that we can layer different ages in there. So yeah, that's a long answer, but um, I think it's really what drives us is to do something new all the time. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, it's think about it like being in a band, right? You know, you got to you put out a hit, you got a big hit record or whatever, you can keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and I guess people would respond, but I liked the way you guys are doing it. It's like you too, you know, we could do the Joshua tree again, but let's try pop 
and maybe sometimes it works, sometimes yeah. it doesn't, seems to be working very consistently for you. And then the other new release is Batch 31, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, and I tried that as well. And my God, man. And by the way, what's, so on, just so everybody knows on the gray labels, what, about 250 a bottle? Yep. Yeah, and what about Batch 31? 90. 90, okay. The batches are always that price, right? Right, 90, and then the single Well, bill excuse me, 89, 99. Who the fuck right. are we fooling? Why do we still do this to this day? When, when uh, I've actually had publicists complain to me because I'll say, I round up, you know, I go, it's 90 bucks a bottle. And we'll go, hey, by the way, Dan, just letting you know, it's, it's 89, 99. What? We don't even have pennies anymore. <laughs> Come on. I get it. If it's ninety nine ninety nine, maybe it sounds sounds like it's less than a hundred. Yeah. You're right. It's not fooling it's, anybody. It's not fooling. But, but that's, I don't know. I don't know why it's. I don't know. It's don't ninety know bucks. It's ninety bucks a bottle. Ninety bucks. Right. And yeah. uh, so, talk about batch thirty one. What 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 do we got going on there? So this is um, this is a blend of cor- very corn forward mash bill, and there's a little bit of wheat in here. A little bit. We've been we've been playing with wheat in the last the last few batches. Wheat is a is a really interesting ingredient to work with. Weeded weeded bourbon, um, uh, so um, because it it's softer, um, it adds different you know floral and flavor notes, but it also can it, it very easily suppress other flavors. Since you, I know you're into music and sound, so the the closest analogy I can come up with is it, it's it's like noise canceling headphones. You know how they work. It yep. is an opposite wave that cancels that that sound, and for me, wheat can do that with the flavors in a in a mash bill. So it can suppress it can suppress the other the corn or the, or the, the okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. So what happens is when we're using wheat, it is always we're we're very slowly and carefully adding it. We add we're adding it on five or six thousand gallons and a five or six thousand or ten thousand gallon blend. We're adding it five to ten to fifteen to twenty gallons at a time. That's it because there's a threshold. There's this threshold that we know that we can't go over. Um, that if it goes too far, it takes a lot to get it back. And to get it back, we'd have to then we then either add add a whole bunch more of more the other volume. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Just think about the leverage there. It's a relatively small amount. So it's fascinating. And I, I got to tell you about this this one because right before I left work today, I said, you know, let me just um, let me just take a quick taste and just so I could get it refreshed in my, in my head. And, and I was tasting it. And I, the, the thing that jumped out at me, and we spend a lot of time um, <laughs> talking about, you know, sort of the nuance of things like, like for example, a separate product we're tasting it was well there's sort of a a a, a, um, a wood fire note well it's not wood fire it's not a, dr- a cold coal it's not a hot coal it's a coal that is just warm enough to ho- cool enough to hold and that's what this one smells like so we're, we're we're constantly kind of really trying to dig into that and and we're we're really trying to identify those notes this one i tasted it and it was like do you remember do you you know Cadbury milk chocolate. Oh, fruit sure. Yeah. The, the fruit and nut bar, that one specifically. And it's like, I tasted this thing and I'm like, oh my God, this is just tastes just like this tastes just like that to me. It did. It struck me last night when I tasted it. it definitely this very pleasant sweetness to the, to the whiskey, you know, it just, just a great sipper, like not even, I didn't even want to put, I didn't want to put any water in it. I didn't want to put any rocks in it. I just wanted to drink it 
neat and it was so pleasant. You know, I love that moment when I take that first sip and I kind of just swish it around my mouth a little bit and, and I close my eyes like I'm doing right now and I just think about what's happening in my mouth. Like what what am I getting here? And with with that one, the first thing that jumped out at me was just it had a dessert like quality to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was it. It chocolate, felt like milk chocolate. This screams milk chocolate to me. It this felt really like a reward chocolate. to me. Yeah, you know. Whereas <laughs> a lot of times when you get you know whiskeys are a little bit higher proof, it feels like at first it can feel like you know you get kicked in the balls. You're like, whoa, that's got me head heads up. You know, and it takes a little bit to acclimate. This one, right, the batch thirty one, right off the bat was just warm and inviting to me. And that's, you know, by the way, the heat is by design. The way that our products present is it's by design. I don't want to be, I, I, some people love the, the, the burn of a high proof flavor. I, I don't, I mean, it has its moments where I like it and it's good in certain situations. Like it's great in cocktails because it really comes through. But I want I want an experience that is enjoyable. And and so we're we really do spend a lot of time blending, uh, blending away some of the heat by offsetting it with with other barrels that are that are much calmer. Um, and that that's really that's a part of why we do it. And and the thing that you have to always remember are they're high proof. Um, and so you gotta like. Keep that in mind. Oh, they, yeah. They do too easily sometimes. Yes. So <laughs> sneak up. Before I let you go, Joe, I heard it through the grapevine that you might be expanding a little bit, right? Is the uh, yeah. the operations getting bigger? Does that mean there'll be more barrels? Can we count on 24,000 <laughs> barrels and uh, 24,000 bottles instead of 12 next time? Yeah. <laughs> it's where we are. Um, it, it's, it's we're so crammed into a, a space we just bought another a building and it's actually 10 times the size of the building that we're in so we're working through the details and it's it was it was really um it was really a lot of fun because we, we it was it's just an an unassuming box and we got to put to design it the way we want i mean we the way we um the way we work now it's almost like one of those uh it's like one of those videos you watch, a Rube Goldberg thing, where like, this is going here, that's going here, <laughs> the forklift's going by, the pallet's going over there, <laughs> barrels are coming in. This is going to be a little more, a little more calm. Um, but we're, um, you know, and we're not, again, we're not, we don't, tourism is not part of our model, but trying to make a really functionally great environment. So we have it set up to do, um, to process barrels through faster and more easily. We're going to have a, climbing wall and some stuff for people to enjoy that work there. Um, Amazing. Uh, we're going to do a little, we're going to, well, I should, if, if I say it, then it's not really a secret anymore. I'm going to hide away a little speakeasy for internal for people to use. And who do I, who do I got to know to get in there? I mean, uh, when you come down, we can, I'm sure we can, <laughs> I'm sure that we can find a, a membership for you. No, it's, it's just going to be, it's really just, we do a lot of ex- experiments and, um, you know, we just did the Kentucky bourbon, for example, we did the Kentucky, not to get off this, we did the Kentucky bourbon festival this weekend. We actually, for the first time made a slushy drink out of seagrass. Oh, wow. How, how did it people must've went crazy, huh? Yeah, it was insane. It was so good. So, so we were, so a couple weeks ago we were like, let's, what can we do with a slushy drink? So we, we brought in a slushy machine and made drinks and it was like, whoa. Could someone do that at home? What, what would you need to do to do that? Nick created a recipe. Um, uh, and, um, 
it's one of those machines that you put the ingredients in and then it cools it down and turns it dice. You know, yeah, like a, so, like a frosé, oh. like a frosé machine. Yeah, so I guess you could do it with um, with a blender. I should add, we should put that on the website. You could probably make it a blender. But that would wow. be an amazing. I'd love cool. to check yeah. out the barrel yeah. site. Maybe Joe put that up and well, look. We got the the new the new gray label release out. The new batch thirty one. Joe Beatrice, I always love having you on, man. I, I I feel like at the end of every one of our discussions, I know a lot more than I knew going in. And uh, always good to talk to you. And and the success that you guys have had is just nothing short of amazing and well-deserved, my friend. Thank you so much. I love, I love talking with you. It's great. And now, a word from one of our dream sponsors, Peel's Beer, circa 1950s. My name is George. I don't like a beer intended for ladies. I like a light beer, brewed for men. Have a belt of Peel's Honest Beer. Discover a light beer brewed for men. My name is Rita. I don't like a beer intended for ladies. I like a light beer brewed for men. Do have a belt of Peel's Honest Beer. Discover a light beer brewed for men. That's going to do it for this episode of What We're Drinking. I want to remind you I am hosting the Whiskey X in Las Vegas, Nevada, October 23rd. At the Cosmopolitan, Fitz and the Tantrums will be playing St. Paul and the Broken Bones. For tickets, go to thewhiskeyx.com, click on Las Vegas, you show up, hunt me down, say hi, love to see you. I want to thank Joe Beatrice for being on the show. What a good time talking. He's, just a, he's got good energy, that dude. And, uh, of course, thank you. I know you got a lot of options out there in the podcast sphere. And you've chosen to spend this time with me, and I thank you for that. I invite you to follow me at The Imbiber on Twitter and Instagram. Follow the podcast at WWD underscore podcast. And we'll catch you on the next, on the flippity flop, the flippity flop.